0: Thank you for listening to Therapy for Guys. My name is Kike Autry, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in Katy, Texas. In this podcast, I want to explore the issues that men stay silent about. Our struggles with anxiety and depression, our relationship issues, obstacles that we face with a diagnosis like ADHD or autism or OCD, and our big existential crises. Those related to spirituality and religion, to larger cultural realities, and to the question of the meaning of life. If you enjoy this podcast and you would like to learn more about me, I would encourage you to check out my website. You can find it at kikeautry.com. That's Q-U-I-Q-U-E-A-U-T-R-E-Y.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect. And as always, remember, continue the conversation. this episode of the podcast I speak with my good friend Patrick McGrath Muñiz. This is the sixth installment of our series exploring the first 22 cards of the major arcana of the tarot. Patrick is a professional artist from Puerto Rico. His work has been featured in art galleries and museums across the country. Um, He's sometimes shy about mentioning this but his art has been purchased by uh, big name figures, uh, including Johnny Depp, if you can believe that. Uh, in this episode, we explore the symbolism and the significance of the Pope card, often referred to as the Hierophant. Uh, some of the episode highlights include an exploration of capitalism and consumerism as the new religion in our society. Uh, we explore how the Senex archetype or the wise old man has. Been forgotten or lost in our culture, and we explore the loss of wisdom and tradition and how that is having a negative effect on our society. Uh, we get into the philosophy of Byung Han and the importance of ritual in the modern world. Uh, we look at the importance of listening and the importance of building bridges across differences and how that is a lost art and practice in the world of digitality and social media, and we explore so much more. I, I can't capture everything that we talked about in this brief introduction, but I hope that it whets your appetite. If you're into the tarot, even if you're not, if you're suspicious about the tarot being this you know, weird, new agey thing, um, I have the same concerns and fears. I'm not necessarily into all that stuff, but as I mentioned in the episode, I understand the tarot in the same kind of way that I understand dreams. Uh, dreams are symbols; they're images that call us to go deeper, that expand our consciousness, and and get us to really wrestle with these ideas in different and profound ways. And and that really is sort of the goal of this podcast. The goal of this episode is to expand your mind, to get you to think about things in you know in a different way, from a different perspective. And to truly connect with someone in your life to have a conversation about these topics. Don't just listen to the podcast and leave it there. Connect with someone. Reach out to someone. Go out to coffee. Grab a drink and exchange these ideas. Disagree, debate, argue in a loving way, hopefully. And uh, yeah, as always, continue the conversation. So, Patrick, thank you again for coming to my home podcast studio and just being a guest on Therapy for Guys. I'm super excited to continue our series exploring the various different cards in the tarot. I know we're looking at the Major Arcana.
1: Thanks, Kiki. It's always a pleasure. I really enjoy these uh, these podcasts uh, with you here. There's so much to learn from these cards, and I've been learning myself, like doing the research and refreshing some of the books that I've, I've collected throughout the years and and going back to all this subject material that I thought I knew, but then I discovered something new. And that's that's the fun part of this.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I've got to say, you know, I, I sometimes feel like, oh, what are people going to think when they see me posting about the tarot? Or I have various different tarot cards in my office at work, and I have some clients that I don't know if they were bothered by them, but they just were not sure why I would have them Um, because I'm not necessarily someone who's into like new age spirituality and all the kind of woo-woo stuff. I'm not going to judge that. It's just not necessarily my cup of tea. But I, I guess I mentioned all that to say I love the tarot in the same kinds of ways that I love dreams because I see them as filled with all this rich symbolism. And I love symbols. I love images. And and I like to go deep. And I, and I like to explore what these things could mean for our lives.
1: Precisely. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I, and I love tarot because I love art. And, and There you go. You've got imagery in these. I was studying astrology for some time and and really got into it. But it's so abstract. You don't have images, a concrete visual representations of, of the things that they're talking about. But in tarot... It's, it's just a, a galaxy of, of ideas and possibilities from an archetypal perspective.
0: Oh, I love that. A galaxy of ideas and possibilities from an archetypal perspective. Oh, I need to write that down. <laughs> you know, Patrick, I actually, I thought about you the other day. Man, maybe it was yesterday I interviewed this wonderful philosopher. His name is Grant Maxwell. And um, he's into a lot of different philosophers, but we connected over our shared appreciation for someone like Richard Tarnas, who I know you kind of first introduced yes. me to. He actually got to know him quite well. They're friends. And so, oh. yeah, you you came up in our conversation because I was telling him we were about to talk about your deck. But, yeah, Richard Tarnas was somebody who I learned about from you. So thank you.
1: Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, thanks for bringing that up. Because uh, Tarnas, uh, I would really recommend Cosmos and Psyche, Passion of the Western Mind is yes. the book that I started a reading uh back in 1997 i believe it was uh it was my introduction to philosophy and it's mm. just a great mind to explore and and his writings are just just delightful mm. yeah that's uh, very awesome insightful
0: well as it as it comes to kind of what we're looking at today you know i was i was thinking about this this is kind of your sixth time on the podcast and uh I, I mentioned that because you know the 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 Pope, or you know, in your deck, you refer to him as el Papa, which is the Pope in Spanish. Sometimes he's referred to as the Hierophant. Is that how I pronounce that? Hierophant, yeah. Hierophant. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the the one who teaches about sacred things or, or holy things. I think that's what Hierophant means.
1: Yes, uh, that well, it depends on on your personal issues with the Catholic Church. Uh, If you have an issue with the history of the church, well, of course, you're going to feel more comfortable uh, using the Hierophant. And if you are more inclined towards the esoteric and and the pagan roots of the card, uh, then, of course, you're going to have that uh, choice to make. Uh, But for anyone who is open to history and and uh, just—I feel uh, I don't have any problems using the term Pope— or papa because after all the tarot is a product of the renaissance not of a ancient pagan civilization but of a catholic culture yeah so it, it really reflects on that and and uh, but it goes beyond that uh, people have to understand that even though you see a pope it's more about the symbol and the archetype beyond let's say our own personal uh bias or 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 any, anything we might think about in terms of w- what we think about the, the institution itself.
0: Yeah, you know, and I, I guess what's coming up for me is, this is even going back to some of my undergraduate studies. I, I did a religious studies minor, and I remember several professors making the point, you know, no matter how you feel about the institutions of religion today, and there's a lot to say about them that are quite negative, right? We could sit here and critique the Catholic Church or even— you know, types of Protestantism, or or even some forms of Buddhism, I and mean, we we could sit here and, and just really critique it. I think it's important to understand how religion is intimately tied up with human history. Yes. Regardless of how you feel about it, I think it's important to understand some of the symbols and some of the the teachings because it has shaped, especially Western culture. If we're thinking about sort of Christianity,
1: not just that, but our intellectual heritage, mm-hmm. our well moral said. judgments. Uh, our everyday lives are affected by laws that are, you know, in, in one way or another influenced by religion. Yeah, but it, it is a ground, a foundation from from where everything springs forth. Even the criti- the critique of religion itself, you know, everything in one way or another is affected by that 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 root there. That that is our Western root of, of Christian, uh, you know, heritage.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if you want to read some of the most scathing critiques of certain types of religion, go into some of the sacred texts and and read about how they critique previous forms of it. I'm thinking of Jesus and certain aspects yes. of how Judaism had had morphed into this thing. You know, in the in the first century, uh, he could be very scathing in his critique of types of religion.
1: Yeah, well, and you have a figure like Martin Luther, who Martin who, Luther, yeah, a Christian critiquing. The church, the, the Catholic so church. So the, the first to criticize the church come from within the church, you know, and their church figures. Yes. So uh, th- that the is, prophets did that. The, the prophets did that, and as you say, Jesus did that with the the, the, the how do you say it in English, the, the Pharisees. The Pharisees. Pharisees. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's throughout history, it's ingrained in in the institution itself. You know?
0: Oh yeah. So okay, so so going back to the card for a second, the the pope. Or the hierophant is is number five, but yes, but it's technically the sixth card in the major arcana because the fool is zero.
1: Is zero, but uh, let's let's just uh, stop there for a moment because okay. the, the fool is uh, zero. Therefore, he's really outside. Mm. Uh, he's an outsider. Uh, he can go anywhere. He can be placed in any order. He can. Be, some some people consider him to be last. Or or not even part of the deck, like a separate card, all by itself. So the Pope is the fifth card, and and there's a reason for it. You know, there's uh, five is uh, also the number of our senses. Um, It it's uh, also the symbol of humanity uh, because we have two arms, two, two legs, and 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 a head. So when you think about five, you you think about human nature you think about your your five fingers on each hand so it is really that that it all comes to play a big part on on the arrangement and composition of the card itself which if you look at the card you have the pope at the center but you have two pillars and and two followers uh under him right so yeah. so he is in the center so he is the the quintessence the, he, he it, it forms an x mm. so there is some uh numeral you know n- numerology behind the card as well that we can go into. You know, so the five is really important. Uh, the six, will we'll we'll get to the six uh, card, which is the lovers. The after, lovers, yeah, uh, which trumps the. We always say that the card that comes after trumps the card that came before, and, and what I mean by trump is that it it, it defeats. So of course that uh, uh, love is gonna be more powerful than the, than any institution. Yeah. So that comes after. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, 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 and I'm sort of really just joking here and trying to be a little bit funny, but it's interesting that you've talked about, or you've used the word Trump and then lovers. <laughs> it's interesting what's happening right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a type of love act, you know, <laughs> has, has gotten, a person named Trump in quite a bit of trouble, but but yeah. we we don't have to go there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought about it too. It, it's unavoidable. It, it's in your mind because you read the news. Yeah, you you, you, ha- you can't ignore it. You can't ignore. But <laughs> well, one thing that I want to talk about the the this card, I find it fascinating because we were talking about the fool, as you mentioned. Uh, we went on to the magician, and and, and so on uh, up to this card. All of this time, we have been exploring cards that, in one way or another, we can see in our day to day lives. Um, let's say the fool, you see him in the street, he's the beggar. I look in the like, mirror and I see the like, fool. <laughs> sometimes we see our, in ourselves, me as well, or my kids. <laughs> or, or you can, you know, in a, in a more uh, superficial manner, you, you might consider some people in the street as fools, you know, because they are very much in the, the same attire and appearance as in the fool in the tarot.
0: Like a homeless person. A homeless a person. A
1: vagabond. Yeah. So and in the magician you would you would see anyone who is performing anything, right? And mm. doing some some sort of public performance an artist and we see that all the time we see that all the time and especially with social media it's all about that right that is the magician is front and center in the tiktok generation (laughs) (laughs) it's it's all about that oh
0: don't even get me started on that one
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot to talk about i mean there's a lot to 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 unload there but then you have the 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 papisa or the popis who is the gypsy the the oracle the the fortune teller and you're also familiar with that in popular culture. Sure. Right? We are very much exposed to that, you know, people who read the the cards and, and are into all this New Age, uh, you know, lifestyle and all that. But then you have the the, the Empress and, and the Emperor, which are really father and mother figures. Mm. Now, when you confront the Pope, this is something else completely. It is not something you see day to day unless you're, you know, paying attention to the news and, and, and very much a uh, uh, reading about Pope Francis, let's say, or, or exposed to to the Catholic Church. Which, and, by the
0: way, did you see his new coat, that that real <laughs> puffy coat? That's, yeah. That was pretty crazy, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, the AI is just uh, changing everything. It's changing everything. I saw the, these photos of Trump being arrested. It's all AI, but you could believe for one moment that looks so real. Like wow. he's get, getting the policemen or grabbing him and taking him by force. Like it's scary and but, it fools you and it fools you because you really like I, I I sent those pictures to my brother it's like look look what happened <laughs> and he, he thought it was like <laughs> no but 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 that is uh uh something that uh with, with the Pope going back to the Pope yeah it, it's it's not a figure that you would be familiar or you would be necessarily uh, uh closely related to because it's so far away. It's so far removed from our own experience. Mm. Just by the mere fact that the Pope, you, you associate the Pope with priests and celibacy, and, and whatever you think about all the scandals and everything, it, 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 it's, it's, the, it's part of the symbol. It's part of the attire, of the habit. And, and, and it's very far removed from, from this uh, generation that is so sensual and so uh, influenced and, and and guided by the senses, and, mm. and this seems to be someone who is really far from that, far removed from 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 the real world. Like he seems to be from a different time. Like the the yeah, the empress and the emperor, you might go to the Renaissance festival and you see someone dressed up like that. Yeah. But the Pope, no one is going to dress up like that unless he's mocking the Pope, mm. and that is very rare, like a Halloween costume or something. But but it it seems like it's. It's an entity on its own, and it's above everything else. Yeah, and, and regardless of what you think about the pope himself, right? So, so I just wanted to clarify that so you know the distinction and the comparison from what we're we've been discussing before and what we're now dealing with, which is a lot more abstract and, and, and a lot more complex. Uh, every archetype starts to build layers and layers. That's a good way to put it. No, yeah. and, and and I
0: and I appreciate what you just said. I think that's helpful context. Um, okay. A couple of things first, don't let me forget. Um, if we, if we, if we drink enough, I'm going to go ahead and share, I think a really funny and probably offensive joke, uh, maybe at the end, which, which I think you'll, you'll find pretty hilarious. Um, and, and in terms of drinking, just so everyone knows, um, you know, this will be up on YouTube, but we're just going to have the card so you can't see it, but we're actually enjoying a bottle of cabernet and it's it's called the tarot. how do you say it le pape
1: le pape le pape like pa- el papa
0: el papa so we're, we're basically mm-hmm. drinking this incredible bottle of wine that actually is like a tarot version and and it's the pope so it's like really fitting for our conversation i just wanted to throw that out there
1: yes it's really good by the way oh it's
0: one of the best <laughs> i've ever had like i'm going to have to try to find it again it was expensive but but worth it
1: I'm curious. Uh, it, I find it quite interesting that from all the cards, the the wine is called Tarot. That's the name. That's the name. Yeah. But you have the the Pope card. Did, did you see other cards on other
0: there other were, bottles? Yeah. So so I bought it at H E B. And for those who are listening outside of Texas, that's like our major grocery store, um, Herbert E. Butt. But yeah, they had two. They had the Pope, and damn it, I think it might have been the Lovers or or maybe the Tower. Mm-hmm. So I, I need to go on the internet and and find and and see if they have like all the different cards because maybe I can get one for each okay. for each card. My <laughs> wife will hate me for that because they're fucking expensive, <laughs> but I think they're worth it and they're really good. So
1: depending on the occasion, I, I, I'm assuming because the Pope might be related to the Eucharist, so this might be for different. Use ah, there you go. Yeah, (laughs) and the lovers have. (laughs) Oh man, okay, yeah, you give me some good ideas. (laughs) Yeah, so depending on 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 the situation, you use a different kind of wine.
0: There you go, and this and look, I I know lately I've been doing a lot of episodes, you know, virtually, and that that's great because I can connect with people all over the world. But there's nothing like sitting with a good friend discussing these amazing ideas and just sharing, you know, a bottle of wine. So I'm just I'm I'm happy right now.
1: Yeah, me too. I appreciate it. I yeah. appreciate you inviting me. Of course, Patrick.
0: So are are you okay if we do kind of what we've done in the past? Just have me read yeah. Your summary that you wrote. Um, sure. you know, so this is from your your deck that neocolonial de las americas you wrote a little booklet that comes with the deck mm-hmm. and as always i've included that link in the show notes i encourage anyone who's listening or watching to actually buy your deck because it's, it's incredible please get some more yeah. so i'm going to go ahead and read the summary um, for el papa holding a satellite dish with one hand while blessing two supplicants the pope sits firmly in the middle as a mediator and not just between heaven and earth, but between past and present. The familiar-looking supplicants represent the rich, those in power, and corporations. They take inspiration from the first transnational corporation in history, the Church. A dollar bill with the all-seeing eye from the great seal can be seen above the Pope. This reminds us of the power and influence of institutionalized fictions in human civilization. In times of peace, the market takes over and the economy flourishes with the free flow of goods and ideas. But this holy emissary can also become a purveyor of propaganda in favor of those in powerful positions to keep control over the masses. In the seascape behind, we see a Spanish caravel and a modern-day cargo ship. This brings to mind the Columbian Exchange, which started in 1492 and was a great turning point in local ecospheres, biology, and cultures around the globe. This card marks the dawn of a new globalized age, Novus Ordo Seclorum. The Pope is not just about the power of religion, but the power of belief, the belief in a capitalist creed and system based on common trust in God we trust, in pieces of paper and the myth of perpetual growth in the name of profit. This card speaks of orthodoxy, dogmatism, and sanctimony, but it also reveals our naivete and susceptibility to conforming to the rules of society. It is servitude and submitting blindly to an unquestioned belief imposed by tradition and mass consent. In a reading, this card can also be interpreted as receiving guidance and counsel from an old mentor. Well said, my friend.
1: Thanks. Thanks. I must add to that, and and this just came to mind that uh it's easy to forget that uh for most part of uh, our history of modern history um at least from uh, after christ right when this the church had established so much power and centrality in our society it's easy to forget that the church was everything like the belief in god was unquestionable and we live in a different time right now so in that time of course the pope was infallible and anything that he might do or say was just—he was the the divine representative of God on Earth, and everyone thought so uh, until you know the the Reformation and with the the, the, the Counter Reformation and, and and the Protestant movement and all that. But before that, it was pretty much the 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 law of the land. So what we. Come to understand with this card is not only a figure that is synonymous to the most powerful institution of its time. The tarot, let's remember, was created during the Renaissance, and, and at that time, that was the last word. He had the last word on everything. The boulas the, papales, the, the papal bulls, uh, were these manuscripts that were uh, published and were w- w- well-known throughout Europe that decided the destiny of the colonies in the new world. Let's say that, let's say the Intercatera decided what lands got, went to Portugal, what lands went to Spain. That was not decided by a King or an emperor that was decided by the Catholic church itself. And by the way, I must, must mention this because this just came out in the news recently that St. Uh, that uh, Pope Francis, uh, apologized officially on behalf of the church for that. Wow. For that specific uh, uh, papal bull uh, of of dividing the lands and subduing the people that were not Christian and that they had this legal divine authority over the peoples of the New World, and that was given by the Catholic Church. It's easy to forget this whole history. You know, it, 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 it's, it's a very, uh, it carries much negative connotations. That's why... People have have so much trouble uh, you know reconciling with the church and I understand that uh, you know if you read the history it's just uh, there's a lot of uh, things to unpack but that's gonna take us into a whole different direction. We don't want to deviate but the thing is that today the church is not as powerful people just might you know listen to the Pope but his opinions might be valid but ultimately, there are others who have the power of deciding the fate of the world. And I'm talking about large transnational corporations. So in in that sense, today, they're the ones who are playing the role of Pope, Mm. so to speak, right? The the, the large uh, tech companies, social media, uh, these uh, financial institutions that have the real grip on and hold on how people behave and, and 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 respond in a consumer capitalist society. So so in in our terms, modern terms, that is what this card would represent if we would interpret it in in light of you know current circumstances.
0: Yeah. Oh man. So well said. So so Patrick, if you're cool with this, I, I kind of want to just do what we've done before, which is just kind of. Break down your specific card with all the rich symbolism, and maybe you can just kind of offer your commentary and your thoughts, so we can kind of see where the conversation goes.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, well, <laughs> right now Trump is very much in, on the news,
0: and he's in this card. <laughs> you know, I want that's one of the first places I wanted to go. Like,
1: I, I'm going to explain this because I, I, <laughs> I know a lot of people have trouble with this. Is why do you we so you know you paint Trump so much, and I've been. I've been depicting this this character, this public figure for years, even before he was a, a, a before he was candidate. president, right? Yeah, yeah. Be- way before, way before. Because I understand the, the power of archetypes, and I understand the, the the symbology behind this figure. You know, the the, the rich guy, the executive, the plutocratic ruler. Uh, it's all about money. Money buys it all. You know, regardless of what you think about the guy. Uh, that's the symbol. So I, I found it quite appropriate that he might be accompanied by Ronald McDonald, another <laughs> iconic figure from our consumer culture. You know, it, it represents capitalism and consumerism side by side. Mm. So there are two sides of one coin. And, and, uh, and they both bow down to the, the, this uh, institution, which is, you know, the, the corpocracy. With the mass media, the diffusion of 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 these, you know, with the satellite dish, the dollar sign, and all that, and and uh, the, it's all transnational in nature. That's why it's 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 so appropriate for this card. Because if you look at the hat that the Pope is wearing, which has been brought up many times, the the Mitra uh, or the tiara. Looked sideways on a profile view, it looks like a fish looking up. So the fish has been mm. a a symbol of the Christian religion way before the cross. The cross is more recent, but uh, the, the early Christians used the fish as a symbol to identify that they were Christian. So it's really the religion of the fish. And 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 you think you think of so many biblical references to the Fisher of Men. And all that, so and that ties in so well with the Pope because it's about spreading the gospel across the seas, just like corporations spread spread their message, mm. and the, and and the golden arches can be seen everywhere around the globe.
0: Everywhere, right? I was <laughs> just thinking that. So um, they
1: behave in the very same. They follow the same pattern in many ways. The the corporate modern day corporations have adopted and appropriated a lot of the strategies and branding of the church. Mm. That you go to a church in Peru and you go to a church in Guatemala, no matter if it was done in 1500 or 1600, they carry the same symbols, images, and you can understand the language if you're already familiar with it. And no matter where, it's it's just homogeneous, uniformly globalized. Mm. So corporations are just adopting the same, very same language. and And I find that fascinating just you know from my perspective as a painter using this uh, symbol
0: dude that's amazing yeah so i think one of the first questions i had was as i sit and just look at the image and and wrestle with the symbolism i know like in the the writer Wait, the pope is holding the cross right a clear symbol of christianity but in this one he's holding a satellite dish Yes. What 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 does that mean to you?
1: <laughs> well, when I grew up, uh, we we didn't have satellite dishes in the '80s. We had these antennas that looked like triple crosses. That looked ah. like a, you had all these horizontal bars uh, and and a vertical bar in the I'm, middle. I'm old
0: enough to remember that. Yeah,
1: and I remember we, we didn't have enough signal on on the TV. We only had like three channels. And and someone had to get up on, on on the roof of the house and just move the, the antenna to get a better signal. You know, we didn't have inter- internet or anything. <laughs> People forget this, but for those who grew up in that time, it's like it was you know very boring to be watching like PBS all day, on Sesame Street, <laughs> or you know the the channels that you got a chance. To use. But for me, the satellite dish represents just that: the diffusion, the global diffusion of the of the message of mm. of spreading the gospel. Um, in, in this time of age, it's not no. I feel like it's the TV, but it's more like uh, social media. Probably social internet. media now, right? Yeah, it's more social media. But I grew up with a with with television, so MTV generation, you know. So for me, it, it comes to be a, a perfect replacement. It makes a whole lot of sense. Just not just because visually they look very much similar, but the triple cross is also a symbol of 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 the the trinity. Mm. You have the 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 Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but that's why there 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 are three lines to it, you know. And and uh, and and that's the the original meaning for for the triple
0: cross staff. Sure, sure. Now, the the dollar bill in the background of of your card. I think religion has had a complicated relationship with capital, with money. I know yeah. you have a lot of thoughts on that. Can, can, yeah. can you speak to why you decided to make that kind of a prominent symbol? Yeah, well, in, in, in your in your in course. your deck. Uh,
1: in the book of uh, Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, he makes the the case that uh, that our belief in money is just another phase of religion. Mm. Our belief in in the currency and the current financial system. The way it works, the way it operates, it's very similar to the way we put our trust in in, in God or a church or in institution or the Pope himself. Because if you look at any dollar bill, it says "In God we trust," but what it really means is that we trust in this thing, mm. in this piece of paper. And and by having the word "God," which is a very powerful uh, word, very short but very straightforward you're making you're equating this piece of paper with the highest form of any being mm. like this is your religion now you have to follow this uh, and and uh, no one questions the the value and power of of a dollar even though it's just a, for any let's say aliens landed tomorrow here on earth and they just look at us and 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 they just started to see how we exchange these no longer pieces of paper because it's more like credit card transactions. It's all digital now, but it's all symbolic. And why? <laughs> just just try to think about it from an outside perspective. The same applies to the card itself. Uh, sometimes people become so obsessed by the image of the Pope and, and what it all carries and, and all the history it drags. Just try to put yourselves... Like from an outsider perspective, you're an alien. You're looking at this card and you see an old dude that is in a throne. So in other words, a position of power. You're not thinking about the church because you don't know anything. You don't know anything about church. You just know that people are following this guy. There are two followers there, two priests that are bending the knee or or they're just like submitting to this older dude. Like why? What is his power? He's just senile. He's old. He's he's gonna die soon, right? Just try to think about it without all these preconceptions of of what you have and know or understand about the church. But just as 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 the image, what the does the image say? You know, sometimes I, I find this quite helpful for any card or any work of art. Just try to detach yourself from anything that you might think you know and just look at the image and let it speak. Mm. It's, it's very rare to see any authors that I've read. I've been reading uh, uh, Sally Nichols, uh, 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 Rachel Pollock, uh, Robert Place, Alejandro Hodorowski, and none of them mention the fact that this is an elderly ruler, and it's very significant that he is old. Sometimes he has a, a white beard. He seems very tired in some of these versions of this, these cards. He's like a great-grandfather, not a grandfather. He seems older than that. And when you look at most of the popes that have gone throughout history, they're old guys. They're really o- older. The older, the better. It seems like that is part of <laughs> the requirement.
0: Sure. You, man, okay, so where, where in, in terms of me just going where my psyche is is going, do, do you think this is an aspect of our contemporary culture here in the United States where maybe we're missing something in terms of not being connected to like wisdom or elders, people that have experience that could that could speak to us and could help guide us? And, and I, and I asked that question with the caveat that, you know, I've always kind of been a bit of a rebel. I'm, I'm sort of anti-authoritarian, you know. I, I was never—in seasons of my life where I was kind of a part of institutional religion, I always pushed the boundaries and, and eventually, you know, was kicked out and, and left, you know. So I'm, I'm definitely not pro-institutional religion, but I just wonder if I'm being honest and looking in the mirror— Have I severed too much? Am I I rudderless now? Am I just drowning in an ocean without any kind of direction?
1: I think that's pretty much uh, spot on on, uh, and a very good reflection on on the times that we're living. And there's this book that I really recommend, even though I haven't finished it yet. (laughs) Agustin Laje has this uh, book called Generación Idiota. Uh, uh idiot generation. Mm. Uh of course he's not speaking of a specific generation. He's just implying that we live in a day and an age that's quite authenticentric. Uh you know, we live in the TikTok era. And everything is driven by teens, like celebrities, mm. the media, uh
0: by, just, by just teens, do you mean like adolescents, teenagers? Yeah, yeah. That
1: mindset. Yeah. Not necessarily teens, but the mindset the of mind- a teen. Okay. That is always in transition and it's always very, you know, sensitive and, and not fully developed, not fully developed. It's changing his mind constantly. It's all about fashion, changing trend, trends, the image. It's all focused on the image. So and he makes this case that I find fascinating that in ancient times and he provides plenty of examples from ancient Greece, uh, ancient Rome, and even going back to tribal uh Customs and and uh, and cultures across Africa and Australia and and different civilizations. The older you you know, I mean, the farther wh- uh, back you go in time, the more idealized was the old people. The, like old people were idealized, respected, respected, revered. Like, like let's say revered, uh, the old sage, the shaman. Uh, the wise men, the, 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 uh, all the political bodies in Rome were elderly guys, the yeah. Senate. Were I think of the almost, tribal elders. Yeah, the tribal elders. But as you go forward in time and you reach the Enlightenment in the 1800s, 1700s, and 1800s, it's more focused toward the adult. And, and uh, it's, it's the age of reason. So it's no longer the old people. We have to rebel against the old. Now we are modern, we are, the modern man is an adult. But today, Agustin Laje makes this argument that it's no longer the adult, he's out, he's passe. It's all about <laughs> you know, what you can do on, 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 on your Instagram at- account and, and how many followers you have. It's very much an adoles- adolescent mindset. It's a teenage mindset mm. that's driving culture and it's driving all the trends today and is influencing everything, even politics. Just wow. think about, and, and I'm not talking necessarily in, in a negative way, just take Greta Thunberg, for example. Mm. Look how much power this little girl, she's 16 years old. She's no longer a little girl. She's she's a teenager. But look how much power and influence she has over politicians at the uh, United Nations that they're applauding and cheering at her. You know, sure. So that is a, a powerful symbol of our time regardless of what you think of her and and uh, I think the Pope comes to speak to this time that we're no longer connected or seem uh, uh, close to as soon as we and, and this happens a lot in the United States uh, our parents grow old you see a lot of people putting them in homes they don't want to mm. take care of them they don't want to and 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 in uh, other times, it might have been different, you know, the, the older parents would uh, stay at home, you would take care of your elderly, and and uh, they would be a very important part of the family, you know, and, and also teaching valuable lessons to, to the grandchildren and great-grandchildren. But, but it seems like society is changing the way they value and see and appreciate and, and, and understand old age. And I think that comes
0: very much into, you know, focus with this card. Okay. So man, there's just so much I want to say in response, but but I guess before I you know bloviate and just just share what I want to share. I mean, just I guess a, a follow up question: what's what's the the danger with losing touch with this like senex figure, this this older, wise, you know, grounded person? What 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 effects do you see in our contemporary culture that are troubling to you? That, that not to be simplistic, but that may be related to our distancing from a figure like the Pope.
1: Well, because today with and, and this has a lot to do with the way uh, the tech firms and companies like uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and and they're very much uh, and, and Apple and Google are very much of a, a central part of the public sphere and they really uh incentivize innovation which is contrary to experience mm. so a- anyone who is experienced in something uh it's no longer valued in the same way it's, it's not no longer uh, doesn't hold the same status because we live in an age of constant change that you have to adapt and in order to adapt you, your mind has to be flexible bendable and 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 uh you have to be able to mold yourself in the in new forms because that's the nature of our society that is very tech driven. Old people of course, fall out of, you know out of pace with with this whole tech advancement, especially with AI and all the advancements. So I feel like the problem with this is that uh, we no longer have a sense of direction. Mm. We're no longer grounded. We might be lost in the woods we might not know the answers to many fundamental questions that are you know derived from like the you know, things that the very religion that we criticize provides us uh, with you know the answers to the meaning of life the purpose of of, of what, our existence right and uh, and that sort of thing that you might criticize but at the same time is it's like an anchor an anchor that keeps you grounded and 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 focused and, and and in a way you feel complete i know people might criticize this but it, it's a way of of understanding the world that is is no less valid than someone who is trying everything and 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 open to everything and uh the the, the problem is that these people that might be too open to everything are not satisfied with anything
0: yeah and so lately i've been you know obsessed. And immersed in the philosophy of of this uh, South Korean philosopher who actually studied in Germany, and I, I think he still teaches at the University of Berlin, or, or he's somehow you know still connected to that institution. But his name is Byung Chohan. I have a shit ton of his books right in front of us, and um, yeah, you can look through them. There's there's so much that he's written, and I only have a fraction of uh, the books that he's that he's published because they they get translated into English but uh, one of the things he laments is being severed from tradition being in what he calls a state of digitality where we're just we're, we're all about you know speed and acceleration and and publishing on social media you know at this insane rate what we've lost is kind of this sense of narrative this sense of, of a maybe of a, of a larger, rooted, grounded story that helps us have a sense of who we are and kind of where we're going. And I don't know if it's an exact correspondence to the Pope card, but when I think about what he represents, tradition, a type of maybe even spiritual or moral compass— I don't know that I can agree with all the specifics of, you know, institutional religion, but I think Byung Chohan is onto something when he says we've been what he calls denarrativized. Um, we 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 don't have anything to plot our existence in. We're we're, we're just aimless. He says we're we're just uh, whizzing through life, and and that doesn't really lead to. A satisfying experience or existence. We we exhaust ourselves because we think we need to achieve and achieve and achieve, but there's no real goal or purpose.
1: There's no meaning.
0: There's no meaning.
1: There's no center. Right. So we're centerless. And I love this title of his book that I'm looking at at the books. I I really feel them. Uh, I feel like these. This you should is something you should I check them read. out.
0: We 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 should actually do an episode. You should pick one of his books and we should talk about him because I think you'd really resonate with him.
1: Absolutely, because this 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 title really resonates with me. It, it's called "The Disappearance of Rituals." Oh, that's a good one. Have you read it? I have. Uh, so when you look at the Pope, the card, the Pope, and you look at how he is, is his posture, he's sitting and he's raising one one hand and, and, and the signal of blessing his his cohorts or his uh, priests that are. Right in front of him, you can feel the slowness and the ritualistic uh, movements of of his hands. Very much like what the Eur- Eucharist is in the church. There's a lot of ritual in the church. Yes, regardless of what you think, the ri- the ritual part of it, I think it's it's the beautiful part of it for me, at least in in my experience growing up. I feel like there's a beauty to it. And and as a painter, I try to keep up with some sort of ritual mm. of course we live in a different time we're not going to follow like uh, the rituals of an institution that has been centuries old even though i don't see anything wrong with that but i implement my own rituals and and i think it adds more meaning to the action that i'm you know, performing that it, let's say drawing painting making art uh, the ritual aspect of it is something that most people forget because they're living in this uh, rat race that yes. everything is so fast and it has to be done fast. They go to a fast food, food food restaurant, order number one, boom, 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 and and that's and it's out. And you eat it, it's out. It's just, it's meaningless. It's just so shallow, so deprived of meaning. Really, just think about primitive societies that went out to hunt. They just didn't go out to hunt. That's a misconception. They had a whole ritual, depending on the the tribe. But they they did cave paintings. Like we have, we have plenty of evidence of that. Yeah. from prehistoric societies of of painting the animals. Just imagine being there. That magic. The the feeling. The the, the mysticism. The the natural mystique of feeling that part of your your soul being in in harmony with that whole act of hunting regardless of what you think about hunting but that was a way of life and there was a ritual involved with it and Mm. it imbued the act with meaning today our acts are sometimes meaningless or i should say often meaningless (sighs) yeah
0: yeah oh man okay so one of the things I think you will resonate about uh, Byung-Chul perspective, just in, in light of the idea of uh, ritual, is he he laments that we've lost the capacity to experience boredom. Because for him, you know, one of the functions of boredom is that it can actually lead us to a type of creativity. You know, he... And it's speculative, but in one of his books, uh, The Burnout Society, he um, he kind of imagines that, you know, in prehistoric time, if you go back into our evolutionary history, there must have been a time where, you know, maybe a, a band of, of of hominids were just slowly walking through the plains. And in just being bored out of their fucking mind, <laughs> they must have imagined the possibility of like dancing, but that wouldn't have come about if they wouldn't have been bored and just walking. And he says, we, we've lost that. Um, he, he has this concept. I'm not sure what the German word is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming friends with one of the translators of his books. Maybe I need, I need to ask him. But he talks about the importance of lingering. In, in, in our kind of fast-paced, crazy, social media-oriented society, we're just posting and wanting to achieve and, and, and wanting to move to the next thing, and we've lost the capacity to just linger with the moment, linger with what's in front of us. And I think rituals help us with that. And I think in losing ritual, we lose the capacity to just savor the moment, savor our lives. Yes. Why, why are we frenetically moving on to the next thing? I mean, why am I doing that? It's it's not leading to happiness, it's leading to exhaustion and burnout.
1: Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. I feel like our society is driven by this fast pace of of production consu- consumption. Yes. That, that is just that detrimental to to the human soul. Mm. to our own psyche and we're paying the price for it with depression, with paying for pills and uh, big pharma is making lots and lots of money
0: out a of lot this. of fucking money <laughs> yes
1: so it's a big business it, it, it goes uh, around like a circle and and and, and it all it, it's not accidental I, I must say this it, it seems like it, it's all very well planned in a way that uh, makes us consume more be more unhappy and then we therefore consume more
0: yeah now okay so I'm going, I'm, going to, I'm going to try to inhabit the perspective of, of a listener who's, who's listening to us talk. And, and, I, and I want to kind of bring up a potential critique, right, of everything we've been saying so far, which is, okay, I, I hear the importance of being connected to tradition, having some type of narrative that we plot our lives to, but can't authority become oppressive can't it become stale? Can't, can't tradition become a barrier to something like progress or change? How, how, how do you maybe address that and then hold intention tension the importance of having a narrative that structures our life versus a story that is so oppressive it, it, it does some real damage
1: I would agree and I would just remind the listener or anyone who, who, who comes to that conclusion, which, which is quite understandable. Every every archetype, as in every card in the tarot, has this positive and negative aspect. Mm. In, 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 this, in, in the Pope, we have orthodoxy, dogmatism, fundamentalism, hypocrisy, falsehood, dishonesty, inflexibility. He's a doctrinaire, he's imposing this ideology. It's conformity to society's ideas and codes of behavior. So that that is very much attached to this card as well. Uh, we have to be careful. So I think the, the key here is to have a, a healthy balance with each archetype, not to deny it completely because we all carry our own demons and angels. We have to live with them, mm. not embrace them fully, but not try to cage them fully either. We have to, in a way, become mm. friends with them, and understand how we can channel these energies in a productive
0: and creative way, yeah, and don't you okay this is gonna get a little crazy, but don't you think part of the problem with like maybe what we're calling huh, the 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 teenager spirit or or maybe the, the the social media culture is that we're all kind of afraid to talk to each other about the fact that we're populated with angels and demons. We we just want to come across as though we're just angels or the other side is just a demon. And and, and we're not honest with the fact that we're 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 all both. We're, we're we're so many things. And and maybe if we and this is what we were talking about before we hit the record button, maybe if we could figure out how to listen to each other a little bit more we could have greater space for the variety that's within us.
1: I I couldn't agree more, Kike. And we were talking about this uh before we started the recording about the the, the importance of listening, which for me personally has been one of the greatest lessons as a parent. Uh, can you
0: can you speak to that? I mean, yeah, as, sure. as much as you feel comfortable with, you know, as, as you've encountered yeah that truth in terms of becoming a father and
1: yeah, of course, uh, the more. Uh, the more I get used to the fact of being a parent, my my, my son is four years old, but um,
0: beautiful little guy. <laughs> by the way, thanks,
1: <laughs> thanks. Uh, he he's taught me so much, mm. and, and I must say that by by just trying to listen a little bit more and more, and try to put the effort of trying to understand what he's trying to tell me, there's it's so much more rewarding than trying to tell him what to do, what not to do. And, and and setting a, a, a fixed set of, of rules. It's a lot more enjoyable when you sit with 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 a four-year-old and try to listen. Or anyone, for in, in any instance, is to learn something new from this person. Everyone has something to say. Everyone has something valuable to add to the conversation. There's always something you can learn from him. Perhaps you don't agree with everything, this person says or does but there's something you can learn mm. so that that is that that is something I've, I've come to understand as a parent not impose but just let go of my own biases and my own judgments and my own moral preconceptions which are as I might as well say attached to the pope because the pope in a way you can think of a a grandparent that already has all these fixed preconceptions is very stubborn about his uh, points of view and, and perspectives and views on politics, religion. and We all have had that experience of, of talking with a grandfather figure, an aunt or an uncle who is old enough to tell us, this is how it is. Yeah. And it's my way or the highway. Or the highway. And you just have to accept it. Yeah. And, and he's like, okay, okay, but let me listen. Because mm. if I, I I can listen, but I don't necessarily have to accept everything you are telling me. I just keep it to myself
0: and take the good. Out yes, of it. yes. No, I I like it. You know, one of the things that's coming up for me is as you are sharing your experience with, you know, being a father and and just learning the value of listening is isn't and, and this is coming not only from my experience as a psychotherapist but just as a human. Um, listening entails a type of letting go, a type of not giving into the impulse to control. And that's really difficult. That that takes a lot of work to not want to control other people, whether that's on social media or in real life.
1: That's so true. That's so true. You want to be in control of the narrative. You want to be in control of the story. Yes. And uh, the church for many centuries has been in control of the narrative mm. and that is a fact you know regardless what you think about the church uh, but uh, if we look at the pope in some cards he is holding a book and what is book a, a book is history it's memory it's recorded history and and this has been retold again and again and uh, you might think of ancient times when when powerful kings all of a sudden like well not all of a sudden but throughout the centuries suddenly they, they become deities they mm. become demigods they become gods and so legends become myths myths become beliefs and eventually there it's established religion it's the word you have to go by it or else you know there's the inquisition so just just think of that for a moment because people believe so many stories today, you know, not to talk about fake news, but the mainstream media. And they believe everything they read. And it's like, oh, I, I read that on the internet.
0: And it's like. It's funny talking to my teenagers. <laughs> did you know this? This happened. You know, I was like, where the fuck did you read that? Let's, it's all out there. Yeah. So
1: that that's one of the dangers I must warn of listening because it's okay to listen, mm. but you must have some discernment. And mm. that's where the Pope comes in. This card is valuable for that reason. It's judgment. He is, as I mentioned before, between two pillars and two priests. And he has to discern, okay, where's the balance? There's an X in that composition. He's the quintessence mm. figure of of being centered and and being able to, okay, I spot bullshit here. <laughs> okay, this is okay, but maybe you don't have to say it out loud, you keep it to yourself, but you don't you don't buy it. So, or you say there's a kernel of truth here. I might take this. You have to be very careful when listening because it's good to listen, but don't believe every <laughs> everything and take it from me because i i've been through a lot of like esoteric stuff and i was like wow this makes so much sense yeah you've gotten wow. into some
0: really weird shit yeah exactly. as have i <laughs> yeah
1: because it, it, when something sounds good and, and you there's this uh this bias this that uh, confirmation bias sure that that anything that confirms your already preconceived belief you're going to take it. Right. Because it's going to ah, make me feel more ah, secure. I know I have this. What about if I accept the possibility that I don't know anything? That it's right. just I I don't know shit. That this might be completely different from what I say so tarot might not be it might be something that I might have to question. Yeah. Sooner or later.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: and religion as well. And anything that you might hold dear and sacred to your heart, consider for a moment that it might be not false, but not completely true.
0: Yeah. You know, it it, it sometimes makes my wife nervous, but I I kind of embrace a type of radical skepticism and I only hesitate with that concept because I think it has this negative connotation nowadays. It's funny going back to kind of teenagers where you're kind of just like this— arrogant asshole that thinks you know better and so you're not going to believe things. But That's not what I mean by it. What I mean by radical skepticism, more in like the ancient kind of way that that was understood is I try to have a radical humility about my beliefs. I don't know if what I'm actually saying is 100% correct. I, I'm i open to being wrong. I, I do have my convictions. I, I try to make certain kinds of decisions based on evidence and facts and a a larger kind of framework. But I'm truly open, and it's taken a long time to get to this place. And I don't want it to seem like I'm superior to anyone, but I'm really open to being wrong about my views, my beliefs, my my convictions.
1: That's very precious. And let me tell you, in in this time of age... uh, It's not easy to to, to be that way. It's not easy. It's it's very hard, especially in this day of age of polarized politics especially here in yes. the United States yes. that y- you either stick with your tribe or you just don't belong so you have to be you know 100% with this guy or with the other absolutely and why why, why can't i be just like have my own uh uh thoughts on you know my own way of thinking my own way of getting to one conclusion it doesn't have to be one or the other
0: I, I, I was sharing with another friend earlier this week in an episode that I retweeted um, a person. I I, don't, I can't even remember who it was, but they, they they had written a book where they were trying to actually uphold the value of deep listening and putting different people on the political spectrum together to try to have honest conversations. And his summary of his experience and some of the research he did was – Please, let's try to be bridge builders and not folks who throw grenades. And I hesitated to retweet that because I thought, fuck, there's going to be some probably liberal person on my feed who's going to say, you know, fuck you. Don't be a bridge builder. Be someone that, you know, is really angry and, and blows people up with grenades. And I was like, ah, I retweeted it anyways. But yeah, like, let's be open.
1: That's beautiful. Bridge builder. and
0: it, Which connects to the Pope, right? It
1: does connect with the Pope, because the Pope, the word Pope, and this is the etymological uh, 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 origins of it, uh, Pontifex Pontificium, priest of priests, means bridge builder. So he is an intermediary between not only, you know, The believers and non-believers but also in time just think about it right now the pope is the only one who dresses the same way he has been dressing for centuries everyone has changed politicians rulers are are wearing wearing their suits they're very modern but still the pope is stuck to tradition and uh, but he is the bridge in many ways because he gets to meet with all these leaders regardless of what you think about the, the pope right um but he is this bridge between time and space mm. and 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 if we can in one way or another embody or aspire to become bridges that is one way of listening you know being open but at the same time staying with perhaps the group uh, of people that think likewise like you think but also trying to extend this bridge over to the other side yeah. and, and be able to cross it and and say okay I, I get you and I see where you're coming from and and you're my friend as well and 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 you're welcome and I, I'm 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 open.
0: Oh man, dude, uh, preach, preach. Um, <laughs> listening is not synonymous with agreement. Yes. So okay, I, I'm gonna preach a little bit myself. So <laughs> in in the world of psychotherapy, you know w- w- one of the the big figures. That, that really helped kind of pave the way for, for like modern psychotherapy was a guy named Carl Rogers. And, and he, he believed that, that one of the essential elements of any type of effective therapy was what he called unconditional positive regard, which is basically holding space for someone in front of you. It's not agreeing with their decisions or their beliefs or even their behaviors but it's accepting them in their humanity and, and believing that they are capable of growth and change, but without needing to control what that's going to look like or where that's going to go. But, but it is a type of gentle listening and holding a person, metaphorically speaking, in their humanity without judgment, without needing to control them. And, and it's in that kind of posture toward the person that there's the, the hope of maybe them moving in a direction that's positive. I, I, I think we need more of that.
1: Absolutely.
0: If I don't we, need to agree with you. You don't need yeah. to agree with me. But God damn it, do I need to hold you in a type of unconditional positive regard yes. where I respect your humanity, right?
1: Yes, Absolutely. The the Pope would agree. Well, at least this Pope on this card. This, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this
0: symbol. <laughs> he he
1: is, is right there in the center. He, is, he doesn't go with either priest. You see the priest uh, uh, below, or in my card, Trump or Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which I love, by the way. <laughs> he,
1: he doesn't have to agree with one or the other. He is in the middle, and he is discerning and, and listening to both. Both sides. Yes. Uh, There might be a priest that is more left-leaning. There is a priest that might be more right-leaning. Not in the case of my card, right? But in the case of the traditional tarot, you have that. So he is in the middle. He is able to build that bridge, that rainbow bridge that crosses both sides of the spectrum and is able to... To understand and and, and be capable of, of fully grasping the ideas of one and the other.
0: Yes. Okay. So so Patrick, what do you what do you make of this statement? So when I was reading about this card, um, you know, a, a person who we both admire, Alejandro Jodorowsky, mm-hmm. he has this statement um, about the Pope, where he says, "A bridge is not a country; it is merely a place of passage." What do you think he means by that? You know, as, as you think about this card, what what could that mean for us today? A bridge is not a country; it's merely a place of passage.
1: Because when you think of countries, you think of of patriotism, you think of of allegiance, you think of fidelity. That you're stuck with this country, and not not stuck in the negative way, but you're really like like you would defend this land to. You know, to the ultimate con- consequences, even if you have to give it on your li- own life. So, a passage, uh, what I think Alejandro Jodorowsky means by this is more of a mindset of, mm. of being able to go from one place to another, to migrate, to, to be a transitory being of, 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 of perpetual openness. That doesn't closes mm. itself to the possibility of being contradicted or, or changed in, in, in any way because it's, it's always good to change as long as it's for your own good and, and, and your own personal development in order to grow as a human being and to mature because you have to learn. And once you you start thinking that you stop learning, that you you know it all.
0: You're fucked. You're fucked.
1: That's, <laughs> that's over. It's over. It's so, game
0: over. So I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but w- would you say that if if listening is a type of bridge between people, we're encouraging people to, to listen deeply, radically, empathically, but that doesn't mean you identify with the position of the other person. Yes that 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 you you don't you don't necessarily need to inhabit their country or become a citizen but there is some type of significance in in being the bridge that understands that relates yes. fuck we're missing that man we are uh, there's a hey movie. you want some bourbon
1: Up, uh, yeah just sure, a little bit course. okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> that wine
1: was good really. it was
0: so good i'm <laughs> Dude, I'm going to have to find the lover's version yeah. next time. Yeah, I'll order that episode. shit if I have to.
1: <laughs> uh, there's a movie I would recommend. I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix. All Quiet on the Western Front. No, I haven't. It's a German movie. It's a critique on war. It's based on a classic. I can't remember the author. But it's so powerful. It's It's about the first world war. And from the perspective of these kids that are so filled with patriotism and defending the, the motherland and defending Germany against the French. And 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 it's just, you know, they, there's this camaraderie and, and they are young soldiers with this idealistic view of what the military role plays in their lives, right? They're just going to become heroes. But then the reality just sinks in and oh. it's just devastating and just so visceral and so heartbreaking that they come to realize the enemy is just like you mm. and they're suffering by this they are husbands, their fathers, their are sons, mm. they're brothers and, and and when they come to check their wallets and, and their pictures, this guy's just like me and I'm killing him. You know, why why so much hatred? Why so much division? Why so much tribalism? And we, I, I love that movie. I must say that I highly recommend that movie. Okay, I'm gonna and have to watch that. It's it's the best movie I've seen from last year, and uh, it won some some awards. But, okay, but I feel I feel like it should have won more. But because I I feel like it's a very strong, compelling message to our times of political division and especially what what what's happening right now what ukraine and russia yeah it, it's very mm. relevant but it, it comes to to for me it, it strikes a chord because it i i from a young very young age from when i was a little kid i, I idealized i want to become a, a a soldier i wanted and i'm not criticizing being you know or romanticizing that way of life sure but there are some downsides to it and that movie is just beautiful. When you see it, it's like, okay, everyone is human. We all share this human experience of being part of a family, and now we are forced into hating each other. Mm-hmm. Why? You know, and, and and I feel like that that reminds me of of what we're talking about. Yeah, being a bridge, listening. You know, being open. Not don't don't be so quick to to judge and criticize. Anyone who just doesn't agree with you, and, and, and I feel that's what we have to learn from this card. Perhaps even at you know a very superficial level from from the tarot perspective, because from the historical perspective, well, we have to admit uh, many popes haven't been that flexible or tolerant towards other cultures and, and civilizations. Uh, especially if, if you go into the history of the Americas, uh, it, it's it's just devastating, and it's just. Unredeemable, <laughs> but from the card perspective, from the tarot, from what it means, the Hierophant, yeah, not the Pope, the Hierophant. It's it's this it's this in between two worlds to bring them together and understand and, and be at peace with them.
0: Oh, that's good. Okay, can I share the 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 the, the joke that I wanted to share? It, it's a have, little. I'll say this. It's, it, it could be offensive. I, I first heard it on one of my favorite podcasts, Why Theory, from one of my favorite uh, writers and thinkers, Todd McGowan, who I've had on the podcast a couple times. He loves jokes. So if anyone gets offended, you can blame him because I'm taking <laughs> it from him. But it, it, it is kind of a, a joke that makes fun of religion and Catholicism in particular. For anyone listening, I I have a deep respect for all of that, but it's important to poke fun. We have to. Yeah, of course. And so in, in light of sort of talking about the Pope, I, I feel like I need to share this one. Okay, so there's a Pope. Oh, no, no, not a Pope. Sorry. Let me go back. I've had it. Let, me, let me take a sip of bourbon real quick. Okay, there's a priest. So it's not quite a Pope. It's a priest, a rabbi, and a nun. Okay.
1: They go into a bar.
0: <laughs> you know, okay, so this is not going to be a bar joke. They actually, <laughs> they're at a, they're at a, a global conference with all the other leaders in the world's religions. And the stated purpose of the conference is to try to come together and figure out, you know, how do we solve the world's, you know, great suffering. It's an entire week and everyone's talking and debating. They break out into small groups. Everyone's just exchanging ideas and as you can imagine, they don't really come to any kind of satisfying conclusion. So at the very last day, it's probably Sunday night. The priest, the rabbi, and the nun get they 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 walk up to the to the main podium, and they're going to give the final remarks. And so the nun goes up to the the microphone, and she says, "Okay, whatever we do, whatever solutions we come up with, as." leaders of these world religions whatever we do we cannot forget the children and after she says that the rabbi kind of like runs up and grabs the microphone and says the children fuck the children and the priest goes up and says wait we get to do that
1: (laughs) (laughs) i i i can see how some people might be a little disturbed by that (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see that too. Okay, uh, so
0: in, in terms of coming to a close, thank you for letting me share the joke.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I laughed.
0: Good, good. I'm, I'm glad you did. Is, is there anything else about either your specific card or just the Pope, yes. the Hierophant in general that you would want to highlight? That's important.
1: Yes, uh, yes. There's one final note I wanted to share. Uh, of course, uh, after the Reformation. You know, we have become more and more individualistic, and of course, mm. today with social media, it's even more. It's it's just it's just gone too far. We are so self centered, so narcissistic that religion has become more of a horizontal relationship of a supermarket of ideas that we get to choose, pick, choose, and 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 shop around. It's it's not that same vertical relationship with God. Mm. Uh, the Pope has a different uh, say in that matter. Uh, in, in, in this in this context right in this card we have become far more eclectic more open to you know different religions which is good you know uh, having more choices more views more perspectives uh, spiritually speaking than our forefathers but in a sense you know we become more decentered uh, and uh, our personal awareness of God has become more dispersed and, and, and a lot more lost. So there's this uh, very good uh, quote from Rachel Pollock, who has written 78 Degrees of Wisdom. You know, she Mm. analyzes all the cards of the tarot and I I find her quite interesting to read, fascinating. And she says, A society builds its intellectual tradition over hundreds of years. Those who accept the tradition receive it from a standard by which to judge new ideas and information... Those who reject it must find their own ways and can easily get lost in superficial ideas. There are many people who, having given up on the dogma forced on them as children, fall into some new dogma, a cult, Mm. or some extremist political uh, group, just as rigid and perhaps more shallow. Having rejected tradition, they have not really rejected the hierophant. They have not accepted the responsibility of finding their own way.
0: Dude, that's so fucking good. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) That's profound. I love that. I need to get that book.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It goes into every one of the tarot cards, and I find it quite resourceful, especially to understanding, you know— the archetypal meaning behind each one of these. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, I recommend that book.
0: Okay, can I end and and again just because this this guy that we've been talking about, Byung Chohan, has been on my mind in my imagination the last couple of weeks. The, I want to read this quote from from his book, The Disappearance of Rituals, and and just because I think it actually really connects with what we've been talking about. He has actually a really interesting way of framing what a ritual is, and I want to see what you think about it. So he says, rituals are symbolic acts. They represent and pass on the values in order on which a community is based. And, and here's what I want you to think about. They bring forth a community without communication. Today, however, communication without community prevails. That's
1: powerful.
0: What do you think he means by that? That 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 rituals, and and I think this actually really connects with what you were saying about listening. Rituals form a community without necessarily without necessarily having to communicate, whereas now we communicate without any type of community. Well, uh, there's right there's so many different ways we could go with that, right? But I want to hear what you have to say.
1: Okay, every ritual is based on a story. Mm. let's let's take a hundred percent a narrative and there's a narrative let's take for example the 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 one that i know the eucharist uh in the catholic church is based on the last supper right so in order to take the eucharist as a ritual in the catholic mass you must understand the full meaning of that last supper the story you have to know the story so it's in the end in a nutshell, is all about knowing stories. Stories that are common to the community. Yes. Not to you, just yourself. Mm. This is about me. This is about
0: me. This is about that me. Narcissistic. No, that
1: narcissistic drive of, of the social media platforms that Where is, you're
0: just like talking and posting and, and blah 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 yeah. blah blah.
1: Yeah, exactly and you see so many celebrities I'm not going to mention their name through good. I don't want to give them more fame than they they already have but I know and, and and you might you you might agree on this but they reinforce this idea that I don't care I don't give an f it's all about what I have to say and you just consume it and this is it and bah, yeah. take it and it, hundreds of likes and thousands, thousands of <laughs> likes. Of, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's so narcissistic, and it's so, it, it's it's communication. It's it's not community, right? It's not about embracing the full uh uh spectrum of people around you. It's about me, mm. and that's what our society has become more like. So I think that's what it. Uh, this author is getting. At I couldn't it. agree
0: more. I think yeah. that's exactly right.
1: Yeah, just look at the celebrity tweets mm. because I read those once in a while. If not, I would get go insane. Oh. <laughs> but once in a while, was like, it's like it pops out on my newsfeed. And it's like this is just a confirmation of all the things that you know, we we know are going wrong with our society, right. and it's just it's just making it stronger and stronger because people keep believing in this shit. Uh, They keep following it and they keep liking it and they keep just reinforcing this whole idea of this narcissistic uh, uh, confirmation of validation that things revolve around yourself and not around the world, which it should be about community, the global community, because right now we have to talk about uh, things in their proper context. It's a global community. It doesn't affect one community. It affects mm. us all. Take COVID, for example. So yeah, for anything, sure. Anything, climate change. So Today we live in a day of age that it's really important and very relevant to know and understand mm-hmm. this fully well that anything that happens in the world uh, right now, like a global pandemic or anything at a climate uh, uh, level, affects us all for we are Mm. living all in the same island we're all in the same boat Mm. we all live in the same village and so we must care for listening we must create the bridge we must reenact the archetype of the pope and we must open ourselves to others
0: i think that's the place to end that's beautiful man patrick thanks hey cheers
1: cheers and
0: to many more conversations hopefully all right man yeah until next time until next time thanks Thank you for listening to the podcast, guys. I'd love to connect with you. Whether that means you sign up for therapy or you send me an email asking a question or maybe even explore what it would look like to get on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. The best way to do that is to find me on my website at kikeautry.com. That's Q-U-I-Q-U-E-A-U-T-R-E-Y.com. Or you can just Google me. And there you'll find my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. You can also go to the website of the practice I work at, where I'm the Leeds Men's Counselor. That's Katie Counseling for I hope that you guys are inspired by what we explore today. And as always, continue the conversation.